So, um, Paul, it's nice to finally meet you. In fact, yeah. you are, you are, I've not met you before actually, but reading your um, bio, I found some beautiful things about you. But before we start, okay, just in a very short moment, tell me about yourself, your name, your info, give me some information about you so that the listeners can know who is speaking or who our guest is for the day. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm Paul Granger. And one of the ways that I like to introduce myself is okay. ambassador of Christ. Yes. And the that, reason exactly, is... that exactly. <laughs> okay. and it's because so often we introduce ourselves based on our job, but our job mm. isn't our identity, right? Mm, yeah. What happens if you don't have a job? And mm. that's where I really had to press into it four and a half years ago. Mm. I unexpectedly lost my job with a ministry. Mm. And when I would interact with new people, I realized, man, that's that's what people want to hear. But mm. what is my job? Well, my job is ambassador of Christ. As, as a yeah. follower of Christ, that's what I've been invited to do, is mm. no matter what context, what role, what situation, exactly. that job always exists. And so for the last four and a half years, I've been exploring what it means to live into that role. And that's in informal ways, but also in practical ways. I serve alongside uh, an entity called Youth with a Mission, which is all over the globe. Wow. I serve with my local church. Okay. I do a lot within the community itself. And I do content creation. I host a podcast, Where Did You See God? And I write. And But really in all of it, at any given moment, any of those things could change. Um, and if my identity is in that, then what do I do? But the good news is, if it changes, and when things change, things have changed yeah. every year for me. <laughs> I know that I can still be an ambassador of Christ yes. and live into that. In fact, that's so, so beautiful. Because when I came across that ambassador of Christ, it it just struck me. As in, I was so, so happy. Because yeah. it, it made me feel this sense of connection. Because that's actually my whole mentality too. I am an ambassador of Christ. So seeing someone also walking in that identity, oh my God, yeah. I was so, so glad and happy. <laughs> That's so beautiful. So it's nice meeting you again, um, Paul. Uh, Paul um, Granger, did I pronounce it well? Granger. Yeah. Granger, all right, I tried a bit. So let's <laughs> let's get into it today, Paul. You know, we are going to talk about talent discovery. Like, how do, because to be sincere, Paul, I feel so bad when I so people with talents but they don't know that they do have a talent they don't they just think probably it's just something okay but actually it is a talent that can make pave ways for them that can actually reach them to the top and bring them into that that atmosphere of um, fulfillment you get enough mm -hmm. so now how okay what your own understanding of talent what does it mean because i believe god gives everyone talent okay most people might find it difficult to um, um, realize their talent or discover their talent. So I believe God gives everyone talent. So what is your own knowledge? What is your own understanding when it comes to saying, okay, talented, talent, God gives talent. All right, let me hear from you, Paul. Yeah, that's a good question. And I think what you've named is an important starting point, that God mm -hmm. gives all of us talents, that God gives yeah. all of us gifts or skills. Yes, yeah, There's a caveat to that that I'll come back to later. But if we okay. start with that, that idea that God has built us intentionally, 
then I think it's worth asking the question, well, why don't we see the talents? Why don't we believe mm. the talents are the there? Talent. And mm. one of the reasons, and this struck me this morning, mm. is because we live in a reality yeah. where we've cultivated a belief that talents are built. Or in mm. other words, that we all start talentless. Oh, and you yeah. will only get talented mm. if you build those things. So mm. what happens if you don't have the resources to build those talents. You don't have the time to build the talents. What if you don't have the energy to build the talents? You're a single parent with young kids and you're like, I just, I can barely eat my dinner, right? Like there's so many reasons that so many people can't build talents in the way that they're understood. And then we'll see those that are way ahead of us. You know, the, the, the pianist who has been practicing five hours a day, that's now like just without looking yeah. at the keys and we're like man i can only play chopsticks maybe if i'm lucky but i don't have time to do what he's doing so i can mm-hmm. never play piano right like, yeah. like we'll suddenly mm-hmm. shut it down because we're comparing so now we have these two lies okay. that are going on one that by default we have nothing of value in us and no, we have to add it serious, and then the second lie is that our value is based on everyone else's value and if there's mm-hmm. somebody more talented than us then What's the point? What's the point? Here's here's the reality that you named is that God has fearfully and wonderfully made us. He has created us intentionally, which means that there is something already built within us. Within us, yes. Our key isn't to create it ourselves. Our our invitation is to cultivate it. Now I mentioned there's a caveat that that is tricky in this because sometimes there may be like really clear gifts yeah. within us that we'll start to see and we can look back in our lives and say, oh, wow, yeah, I have always been good at interacting with people or I always have been good at just engaging with music. Within, but there are other things that are within us that are not based on us ourselves, mm. but on the spirit of God working through us. Put okay. another way, mm. there are people that we celebrate as being talented yeah. that may say, oh, that's... Okay. It's not me. Like, I'm actually really uncomfortable doing this, but something happens when I decide to serve God in this way that I'm able to serve. I'll give you an example. Okay. I, uh, in my role now, in the Uh ways that God's invited me to serve, I'm constantly interacting with people, constantly meeting new people, constantly investing in conversation with them and i remember there was one day we were doing a community cookout in our yard and this woman came by that i hadn't seen in a while but i remembered her name okay and when i called her by name she got really excited because she isn't used to people remembering her name she's going through a lot of hard stuff in her life and wow and so we had this long conversation and then she moves on her way and what struck me immediately is I'm introverted. Like as an introvert, I don't like small talk. I'm not comfortable engaging with new people. And I am very bad at remembering names. Names. And I was able to look and say, in that moment, somebody could have looked at me and said, wow, Paul is so good at remembering people in the community, at engaging in conversation. No, I'm not. (laughs) Like I, by default, I'm not. But what happened in that moment is God, the spirit of God came in and brought that woman's name to my mind, made me excited to talk with her. And so this is the other exciting piece for people who feel like they don't have talent is God can bring about talent 
where you least expect it, when you least expect it, how you least expect it. Your only role is to be willing for him to do that. To do that. Even if your mind is telling you there's no way. Hmm. Hmm. Even if your mind is telling you there's no way. I got mm-hmm. that, Paul. <laughs> In fact, that's so beautiful. As a matter of fact, I'm actually learning right now. You're teaching mm. me and not only me. <laughs> that's so beautiful. So, okay, you've said so many beautiful things concerning talent. But now, let's now say um, just um, an ordinary person now that, okay, I've heard all that Paul said. So, how do I cultivate my talent? Okay, Paul, I don't even know if I have a talent or not. How do I discover it? How do I get myself functioning in that area of talents that God has given unto me? So what would your answer be if you're being questioned that? Yeah. Yeah, when I think we've got to name out the gate, um, that this is a common conversation Mm. uh, in the world, right? Mm. But you and I are coming to it from... A, a Christian standpoint that we believe that God exists. And, yes, yes. And so the conversation is going to be a little different because the default conversation is, mm. well, you just, you find the thing and then you mm. just work, 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 practice, 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 practice drive, drive, drive. Mm. And that can be true for the Christian as well. If God is inviting us into a space mm. that we don't yet have the skill set, he might be inviting us to put the work in, put the time in to cultivate that. Now, the important part of that for the believer, the Christian believer, is that at every point of that journey, you need to humbly come back to asking the question, why am I doing this? Because you may start off cultivating that gift, that talent, as a way to honor God. Do you know what happens when you start to get good at it? You start to get a little pride. You start to feel... And so now you're cultivating more because you want to be the best. Or you might not be getting good at it and now you're pressing harder because you're operating out of fear or shame i don't want people to look at me and see me being bad at this and so you have to keep coming back to is my driver for cultivating this gift to honor and glorify god yeah or for myself and at any point that is for yourself you might need to push pause or you might need to to restructure now the other end of this for the believer is you actually have a cheat code (laughs) where (laughs) There may be a gift set, a talent that functionally, there's no way you should be able to do that. Hmm. But as we noted already, God is able to do abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. And so the other way to cultivate this gift is to cultivate a deeper relationship with God. Right. And so here's an example of it. Hmm. You've got Peter. Okay. You know what Peter was good at most of his life? Yeah, yeah, fishing. yeah. Correct. And, and I say that, but maybe he wasn't because the first time we meet him, he didn't catch any fish all night. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so but oh, what true. we don't hear in his early part of his life is anything about him being a phenomenal order, that mm. he was just good at crafting speeches mm. or sermons. Like there's no reason for us to assume that he could do oh, that. God. And we ah. don't really see that throughout his life. In fact, there is moments where he's stumbling on his words, where he's saying yes. foolish things. Yes. And the one time before Jesus is crucified, that Peter says something really phenomenal, that mm. Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And he says, you're the yes. son of God. God. Jesus says, you didn't get that from man. You got that from the spirit. So like, like you're seeing all this mm. and then you get to Acts 2. And they're, they're waiting for the spirit. And then the spirit comes down. And then yeah. they're speaking in different languages. And yes. people are gathering. Like, what's going on? And Peter, this fisherman, 
who stumbles on his words, who says foolish things, Hmm. gets in front of thousands of people and gives one of the most powerful sermons ever given. He didn't plan it. He didn't. He didn't sit down and type it out. Like the spirit came through him. And the reason he was able to be that talented at speaking was because prior to that, he had been seeking God. He had been praying. He had been sitting. And you see this throughout scripture, actually. People who weren't good at something, Mm. that God made them good at it. Moses said, don't send me because I'm not good at talking. That's true. (laughs) You know, uh, Gideon said, I'm the least of the least of the least. How are you calling me to conquer an army? I am not a warrior. Mm. You know, David was the youngest of his brothers playing music for the sheep. Youngest. (laughs) And God's made him into a king and so this is good news for the person who's listening who believes that god exists but believes that they have nothing to offer the world Mm. it's not actually about what you have to offer it's about what god wants to offer through you if you're willing to forego forego the the acclaim the the power the riches that could come which is why normally we seek talent right normally the reason we seek talent is because what it can do for us Mm. but scripture says love god and love others yeah and so biblical talent searching is about that is are we seeking talent are we executing our talent for the sake of loving god and loving others Mm. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) so you've just as in you've just killed it all as in you 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 break it down and it's so so easy to understand now i'm so sure anyone who would love to discover or work with god concerning israel talent we're listening to what you've just said, it will now be very, very easy for such to know what next to do and how to go about it. So that's why I clap for you because you did yeah. a good job. All right, so <laughs> there is also this question that I would like to ask you, okay? So you said something about, okay, a question that you're ready to answer, all right? So why do you believe that God is good and God is good? Mm, you yeah, get that? But... Okay. That phrase, God is God and God is good, is one that every time I pray, it's at the start of my prayer. And what it basically means is it's saying that God is God, that he is powerful, that he's all-knowing, that he can do anything, and that he is good, that he is loving. And, you know, good Christians would say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I believe that. But when hardship hits, that's when it puts (laughs) to test whether we really believe that or not. Because this is the classic throughout generations, the question, well, how can God be God and God be good if there's suffering in the world? Because if God was God, if he was powerful, he could stop it. Yeah. And if he's not stopping it, then how could he be good? How could he be loving? And so, you know, as a good Christian, you're supposed to believe that. But then when hardship hits, you start to question it. And now you're wrestling because you're like, I know what I want to believe about God, but I know what I'm feeling. Yeah. I know how I'm hurting. I know what I've lost. So how do I rectify this? And so for me, it came about in 2011. Okay. Uh, when I was five, my father passed away. And all my life, I wanted to be a father because I didn't get to experience my father in my life. So I'm going to be a father for one of my children one day. And, and so I get married. Okay. We get to the point where my wife finds out she's pregnant and I'm ecstatic. I mean, this, the, the time has arrived. I'm going to be a father. Father, yeah. We go to our first appointment okay. and there's no heartbeat. No heartbeat at all. And I, I shock is what initially hit us because when you are at the doctor's 
about to see your baby for the first time or hear your baby's heartbeat for the first time, you you have all this excitement, all this hope, all this anticipation. And when that suddenly just snatched away without any warning, it it hits. Sure. But just as quickly as the shock hit, yeah. I had this sense in my mind. I was reminded of passages like Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Yeah, passages yeah. like ask anything in my name, it will be given to you. Yeah. Passages that seem to indicate that it could be possible that my wife and I could pray for our child with no heartbeat and its heart could start beating again. Hmm. I had never prayed anything that boldly before. I had never prayed for the dead to be raised with like sincerity and firm belief that it could actually happen. But in this moment, it was almost like God was inviting me to seek him in that way. And so we asked the doctor, you know, uh, do we have to do anything now? Can we get some time? She's like, we could set an appointment for two weeks. And so for those two weeks, my wife and I are close friends. We decided to pray in a crazier way than we've ever prayed. To say, you know what? If God's raised the dead before, maybe he can do it again. Here's the problem with that bold of a prayer. Mm. If it works, yeah. if the baby came back to life, yeah. I could never be the same again. Mm. Because any of my prayers before that were lower than that, now I'm like, but God can do crazy things. So now when I see somebody with a disability or struggling with a mental health health crisis or yeah. uh, just having a hard situation, a loss, any of these things, when I see somebody in need of prayer, Suddenly I know, well, prayer can raise the dead. So, and I have to pray differently now, right? Like yeah. my life cannot be the same. I cannot just say, well, cool. And exactly. then not pray yeah. Yeah, with that true. level of fervor. I can't, I like go. life will have to be different. Yeah. But if it doesn't work, if the baby doesn't come back to life, my life can't be the same in that situation either because what does that say about God? Hmm. What does that mean if God raised the dead before, but it's not happening now? I've, I prayed the hardest I ever prayed. Is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with God? Does God even exist? exist. Hmm. And so for those two weeks, we're sitting in the weight of this space. No way of knowing if our prayer is doing anything. Wrestling with the questions of, did I pray the right way? Did I pray fervently enough? Did I pray enough? What if I prayed enough, but then I sinned? Did I ruin all of it? Did I negate all of it? We get to that appointment and no change, still no heartbeat. But then I'm thinking, aha, there are moments in scripture where, you know, the first prayer isn't the thing that does it, it's the later one. There's a time when the Israelites are returning to God and they're in Mizpah and the Philistines are coming after them and they, they, they're already praying and there's an army coming. So they pray again and the army keeps on coming. Yeah. But it was in this final pass when there is no escape that God thundered and threw the army into confusion. So I'm like, if if the prayer had worked the first time, well, we could have gotten to that second appointment and the doctor said, well, something must have been wrong with the machine. But if twice, if twice there's no heartbeat, well, now we know. So I'm like, okay, I guess we, we keep on going. And we get all the way to the point where we had to schedule the, the surgery where they have to, it's called a DNC. And, and I'm thinking, I'm in the waiting room. I'm waiting for a call. The call is normally, Mr. Granger, everything went well. Your wife will be um, ready to come home soon. Um, but what I'm what I'm hoping is maybe in all of our praying that the call will be, Mr. Granger, you won't believe what happened. We were about to do the procedure and the baby was alive. And then suddenly like everybody in the hospital's lives are changed, right? Because a baby that was twice confirmed dead is now alive. 
That's not the call I got. And the call I got was, your wife is fine. She'll be out soon. And now I am at that crossroads. Now I'm at that point where it didn't seem to work. And so what does that mean? And in my humanity, I'm thinking, all the evidence points to either God not being powerful or not being good or not being real. Because I know, I know as fervently as I ever have in my life that I prayed, I sought him as, as, as well as I could. So I don't think that it's me. It's got to be God, right? Like, that's what my humanity would say. And there's, at this point, there's no point in following him anymore because I, I, I needed him and he wasn't there. And all the evidence seemed to support that. There was a second option. The second option was to say, scripture says that God is God and God is good. And what if that could still be true, even if I don't believe it, even if I don't see it, even if I haven't experienced it, could God still be powerful and loving, even if at this moment, I, I just can't imagine it. Hmm. Now that's a risky one, right? Because you're yeah. choosing foolishness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're choosing to forego control. You're, for, yeah. you're choosing to put yourself into the unknown. And by the grace of God, I felt a lean towards the latter to decide to choose to believe that God was God and God is good, even though I didn't feel like it was reflected. Now, normally in that moment, we would want to believe that suddenly joy filled my heart. God said, you got the right answer. Good job. I entered a period of deep depression. Um, I don't know if it was clinical, but everything that I've read, it's what it felt. I mean, I would randomly cry at times. I felt numb. We had a second miscarriage uh, a few months later and I was numb. I was numb. I didn't, I don't know if I cried at that one. It hurt. It was painful, but I felt I numb. And, I but, but in the midst of all of this, there was this sense that God was with me. Hmm. Now, I, I didn't always name it like that. I didn't always recognize that, but I can look back and see that God was very much with me. And I can look back and recognize, even in my depression, something kept me going. And, you know, the good news for the story is we ended up getting pregnant again. And this was coming late spring into the summer. And after two miscarriages, it's, there's a high percentage that you'll have another, that something is wrong. Okay. My wife and I were processing, should we even feel joy? Should we get excited? Should we tell anyone? And my wife said, at this juncture, God has given us this child. And for however long we have this child, we can celebrate that, even if we never meet this child in the flesh. And so we decided to be joyful. We get to the first appointment and there's a heartbeat. And now that child is 10 years old. And what was so beautiful in all of this is the gift that God gave me was something that I had been asking for all of my Christian life. I wanted to know him more deeply. I wanted to be in deeper relationship with him, but the reality was, is that my desire to go deep and trust him was contingent on how he could protect the way I wanted my life to be. Even if it was good, desiring your child to live is an objectively good thing. Yeah. But I wanted to be all in for God. Like I wanted to be all in in relationship. And I'm not saying in this that God took my child away. I think we live in a broken world with broken bodies and yeah. sometimes these things happen. But what God did was use this painful thing, this thing that people could say is irredeemable yeah. Yeah. and bring something new out of it, Thank bring you. life out of it. Thank you. And my relationship with God 
changed at that period of time to the point now where I learned, this is the big thing that I learned. Okay. Is that we can say that we believe that God is God and God is good. Yeah. But we have an invitation to choose it, mm. period. To mm. choose it, whether we see it or not, whether we believe it or not. Mm. Because if we are wanting to be all in with God, then that's yeah. what we've got to be willing to do is to say, I choose you even if I don't know what's going to happen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Exactly. They believed in God so deeply that they said, you know what? We believe that our God could save us. Yeah. But even if he doesn't, doesn't yeah. we're we're all in with him. Yeah. And God yeah. did save them. He didn't save them from the furnace, by the way. Mm. He, he saved them from being burned by the mm. furnace, but they, they still had to go that long walk towards yeah. the fires. Dealing with the reality that oh, God hasn't, maybe now, maybe now he hasn't saved us yet. Okay, we're being thrown in, hmm. right? But they were not burned. They didn't even get smoke on their clothes, not even the smell of smoke on their clothes. And, you know, do I, do we mourn the loss of our child? You know, yeah. yeah. But there is something beautiful in what it changed in my faith that has impacted every single moment since and even to yeah. where i am today and how i'm serving the fact that i'm able to say i'm an ambassador of christ yeah, is because yeah. of how i've come to know god more deeply thank you jesus thank you lord that's so so beautiful paul in fact you and your wife you're such a very strong people i must say that and i thank god for giving you that that courage or that boldness to still like what you said now, that all that occurred only just made your relationship with God more closer and deeper, which is so beautiful because I don't know how, how you felt actually, but I know it was so painful. I get it. And see you here today, you're standing, you're fine, and you're, is it a, a boy or a girl who is 10 years old? Boy. A boy. And we've actually got three kids, so he, he's a boy and then a three girl and a boy. Three kids. <laughs> three kids. <laughs> Wow. Uh, boy, okay. How many boys now? How many boys? Two boys. Two boys and one girl. All one right. Girl. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so happy to hear that part of your story. And Paul, I really wish that we can continue all day long. But time won't permit us any longer. So maybe what we'll do is we we some other time again we we schedule and because I actually have some questions to still ask you maybe some other okay. time we should do and talk more about those things all right so um lastly all thanks to god for making you pass through all of those things and you come out triumphantly and everything is so good with you and your family now back to the kids so beautiful so what advice is it that you can give to people who are still struggling Oh, we have a very short time left. I'm uh, still yeah. struggling with something like this. Like, what can you yeah. say to them? What can you say to them? Just in a very short yeah. moment. Okay. Really simply, uh, the worst thing you could do is hear a story like mine or anyone else's and see them as different or better. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm able to share that story is not because of me, but because I was willing to take a step, even if that step was weak or frightened or confused. And every single person listening, you have that capacity. You could be like Gideon who felt like the least of the least of the least and say, all right, I don't get it, God, but I'll step out towards you. And so if somebody is struggling, what I would say is you have been given the ability and the gift to take that one small step. And so just do that and then see what happens and then take another because you take enough steps, you're going to get far, farther than you might have thought you could. But you have that capacity right now. God is with you and is going to walk with you.
Thank you. So, thank you. That's beautiful. Thank you so very much, Paul. It's so nice having you on. In fact, I really love our conversations. Yeah. And I can't wait for us to reschedule on the time to talk more. Thank you Absolutely. so much, Paul. Thank you so very much. So, it's going to come to an end now. Is there anything you would like to say before we conclude it? Is there anything, any other thing at all? Yeah, I, I just want to double down on the fact that God, you listening, God loves you. He created you fearfully, wonderfully, intentionally, and he is with you now. I just, I want to reiterate that for you listening, you right now. <laughs> Thank you. So that's just it. All right, Paul, that will be the end of today's interview. It's really so beautiful to have you on. Thank you so very much, Paul. All right. So don't worry. I will, I will chat you up. That's pod match. I will message you. Sir. You can see some other time. You can reach out to you and all of that. Thank you so very much for yeah, your Yeah, this is good. All right. That's a goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> all right.